Well, I have two interviews on Thursday. Oh, cool. Uh, for the same place. So, oh. Yeah. Both, are, you, uh... are you just going against two different people? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not saying. I'm just not saying. To them. Are you going to go in as Ian and then walk out and put moustache on and go back in and go, aha. <laughs> <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome once again to The Phantom Zone, your comic book reading club. My name is Chris Buick and this week we are here in partnership with UK Film Review to talk all about the latest release in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Thor Love and Thunder, the 4-4 film, which is really hard to say, <laughs> and the 29th film overall. Joining me this week, as always, is my good friend, Phil Nerd, the love to my thunder, Mr. Ian Lunny. How are you, Ian? <laughs> I'm great, man. That's such a good intro. I feel like whenever we do two, just the two of us, which it is this week, uh, you should always do the introductions. Just the and... <laughs> stop, stop. We'll be soon. Uh, <laughs> we'll be soon. We'll be soon. Um, you should always do the introductions because you always give me such an amazing compliment coming in so i love it i am the love to your funder so i love it uh, <laughs> now you've said that next time i need to go the opposite way so <laughs> like really boring face yourself when we come to black panther and i'm like this yeah. guy yeah, oh I, hate God, him. yeah. <laughs> I wish yeah. i never had to work with him but i don't have a choice <laughs> yeah long 18 months um <laughs> well we are here to talk about the new Thor film, Love and Thunder, but yeah. we'll be getting into that very soon. But first, it's time for, and unfortunately, we don't have Simone here to do it this week. So, Ian, I'm going to hand it over to you. It's oh. time for Nerd News. I was going to do like a metal version of it and be like, Nerd News, but yeah. I didn't know which vibe I was going for. <laughs> me, me, I, I, can, I can choose one in the edit. That's fine. Yeah, go go with the metal one. <laughs> I will do. will do. Great. Awesome. So, yes, uh, it is our Nerd News section, and we have a couple bits this week we want to talk about. Firstly, keeping it Marvel-related in the mm -hmm. Marvel Universe, um, we have reports of Captain America 4 yeah. coming out in development, um, starring Anthony Mackie as mm. Captain America, following on from what's happened in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, mm -hmm. which now has a director, Julius Ona, the guy who brought us the Cloverfield Paradox, if anyone's seen that. Oh, no. Um, no, <laughs> I, I haven't seen it. So, oh, um, dude. Is that really the director? Is that breaking yes, news? That is the that is hot off the press. Because last year, I was going to say, this might be a first for us. We never get breaking news. Our news is always, like, well out of date. <laughs> In fact, the, ne the next nerd news was reported weeks ago. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we're, it's true. We're, we're just really on the pulse. But that that is breaking news, because earlier today I was looking, and that was not announced. So, yeah, oh go. God, I don't think that's good. I was actually excited. Well, I was about to ask you: Are we excited for a Captain America four with Anthony Mackie? But, I was. Uh, <laughs> Who was? Look, um, sometimes directors have a bad film, you know. That's a terrible film, though. Like, it's a, it's a really bad film. That film. Like, the problem yeah. with it is like this is kind of semi a review for Clo Clovefield Paradox, but. Um, it's bad, yeah. <laughs> so, um, it has like, I feel like it's two films that have been spliced together. Uh, and it's trying to be like Event Horizon-y, it's trying to be like Alien-y, but then, and Sunshine as well. But it's just rubbish, like, and it really doesn't have any good, like, that like, this is what's concerning. Like, sometimes they make a bad film, but it still looks all right. 
it doesn't look good. Like it looks cheap. Oh, and really? Yeah, it doesn't have good cinematography. It's just really boring. Because Cloverfield was enjoyable, and yep, I, re- I I quite like Ten Cloverfield Lane. I thought that was a very good. I, film. I actually think that was better than Cloverfield. That, Clo- that, Cloverfield. I, I, complete, Cloverfield. <laughs> I agree. And but Cloverfield Paradox. Like, say, I haven't seen it, but looking oh. at the cast, looks pretty good cast to me. It's bad though. Just doesn't deliver. But then no, again. No. We have directors have made bad films, doesn't necessarily make them bad. True, and also some directors who've worked with Marvel are people who've just like never done anything and then they make a Marvel film and and it's good. Um, but what worries me about this is perhaps something we can talk about as we go through the podcast is that it's probably going to follow the Marvel formula quite a lot Mm -hmm. because he's he's a lesser known director who's not had like a major success. And we just know that, like, when they bring in a director who's had a major success, usually they force them into like a certain formula that works. And when Edgar Wright didn't want to do that, they just didn't get on. Yeah, and, true. and and that's what concerns me when I when you the second you said that, I was like, one, that's a bad film, and two, he's just got no credibility in terms of like not that sounds awful actually and very snobby of me, but what I mean is like. He doesn't have a project behind him that I would be like, oh, he's a credible director already. He's not had an opportunity to create his style. Mm. And thus, Marvel are just going to be like, do it like this. And he'll do that. Whereas when he's developed something himself and became a bit of a credible name, he might be a bit more like, no, this is what I want to make. Yeah, true. And I think when we when we spoke about Multiverse of Madness, you could see that Marvel were allowing Sam Raimi to be Sam Raimi. Yes. more, More than they've let potentially other directors do what they want to do yeah same I with um james Taika, gunn as well james gunn and taika waititi to yes as well which we, we will get we, into, we'll yeah, get we into. Will. so you're right julius Ona, um to be honest having he's, he's only got a few films under his belt according mm. to his filmography but you're right it's hard to i guess get a style at that point but then going back to edgar he had a certain style after you know the first few Cornetto films, so yep. you know he might might surprise us. It might be a good yeah. thing that he's he's basically got no, um, he's not he's not got set in his ways in, in any way. But like I say, I haven't seen any of his films, so I can't really comment on it. But I'm excited in general to see Anthony Mackie. Yeah, I mean, as Captain America, that's a good casting. Like he was great in Falcon and Winter Soldier. He's been great in the MCU overall. Mm-hmm. And that's why before you you sprung that director uh, announcement on me right here. I literally didn't know that. Yeah, when yeah. you were going to ask it, I was going to be like, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. He's great. I imagine Sebastian Stan will be in it as well as Winter Soldier, um, which will be great. I really like their dynamic. I think they really work. They're very funny together, even as uh, outside of the uh, films. They have a real rapport as actors. Mm-hmm, yeah, uh, yeah. and that comes across on the screen and i love that and it works really well uh but now i've heard that director i'm just like oh <laughs> yeah i know what you mean i do have trepidations with it because i wasn't i wasn't that keen on falcon and winter soldier i think for me it was the weakest of the tv shows so far um not because it was bad but just because it didn't really i wasn't as in, in gripped by it as i was with the mm. other ones if you mm. get what i mean but the two main lead actors in that, like you say, Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Shan, they are great in their roles, great yeah. together, off screen and on screen. So it'd be great to see Sebastian Stan back. Do we think we might get a Chris Evans cameo? Um, a part of me hopes. Do we want one? Yeah, I was about to say, I think he will, but I hope he doesn't. Because I, I feel like if we really want to move away from 
their legacies. Uh, we kind of had that in Falcon Winter Soldier. That was mm-hmm. what this what that series was. Now I really liked it actually. My my least uh, favorite of the TV shows. I don't know actually. Uh, it's difficult. I feel like there's a bunch that are all kind of just very similar, uh, which is like Hawkeye, um, and unfortunately the second half of One Division. Um, like they all kind of just fall away for me. Um, but I, I actually quite liked Falcon and Winter Soldier. I liked its discussions, um, and you can parallel it a lot with the boys as well in terms of like identity of American exceptionalism in yes, the form yes. of Captain America. It's just their their version of it does a completely at the end. It's kind of like, oh, it's fine, but yeah, don't worry about it. Um, yeah. Which is kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, he killed somebody with that shield, but cool. All right. Um, spoilers. Uh, but the... <laughs> the I feel like the show was trying to be like, yeah, bookend Captain America. This is a new Captain America now. And and it kind of did have that comments of what American exceptionalism means in this day, particularly with Anthony Mackie being African-American. I really think they handled that very well. Yeah. Um, so I kind of hope Chris Evans doesn't turn up. I think he probably will, but I hope he doesn't. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm kind of happy for that chapter of Captain America to be done and sort of it ended, you know, let this new chapter um take take hold yeah. and carry on because I really like the themes of Falcon and Shoulder, a lot of the stuff you just spoke about. Um but what I I guess th- my problem with it was that it didn't push far enough because it was still tied back to everything that's come before it mm, and didn't really give it time to grow. Where I'm hoping with something like this it gives us time to really just go right, okay, that's done. Yeah. Let's move on and do something else. Which something that I guess phase four is struggling with not struggling with but kind of beholden to at the minute is tying up everything that happened in the last three phases and Mm. the fallout of that before it can then really launch off and Mm. start something fresh you can't just kind of ignore everything that's gone on before obviously but i feel like it's still being held back a little bit by that as it's rounding up everything so like what's happening with dr strange what's happening with scarlet witch uh you know all those kind of people so Mm. i'd like to see I'm, i'm excited to see what new story they try and tell with Captain America through Anthony Mackie's character. Mm. So yeah. I agree. I agree. Cool. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Well, our second bit in their news, uh, moving universes, comic book universes across to DC. This mm. is not new news. Obviously, everyone's already aware. We're on the pulse. We're, we're on, on the, the pulse. We're obviously on the pulse. <laughs> um, we actually haven't had the chance to talk about this, which is insane. Given I know. the concept and the premise, I can't believe we haven't even spoken about this. No. So Joker 2... Electric Boogaloo. Electric Boogaloo. Um, <laughs> they rejected our title for some reason. I don't yeah. know why. Um, Weirdly, it would actually probably fit for what they're planning, I think. Yes. Well, <laughs> they, what they're planning is a musical, mad. first of all, and mad. also Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn. Mad. It's mad. Like, it's I so think, mad, it's mad, I'm fully on board. Really? Are you? Yeah. I don't know. Did you like Joker? I, so we've we've had this discussion before. Joker for me at times is a one star film, and for me at times is a five star film. Really? Just, what did I say to you last time I spoke? About I, th- it? I think you said there were. I think you said similar. I think we both said. That I think I've settled on Joker, it's broadly we, bad. I think I've settled. on I think we bad. did settle on that. There's a lot more I probably didn't like about Joker than I liked. Yeah, it's not good. The more I think about it, I'd rather it wasn't even called Joker. If it'd been just a film, Graham. Not, yeah, just yeah, Joe Graham, great, just awesome, Graham. a guy called Graham, <laughs> awesome. But I feel like it was held back by all its ties to Joker, Batman, DC, the whole universe. I feel like yeah. it had been just a guy 
Well, yeah, and I think better. we had that film. It was called The King of Comedy. And, yeah. like, I just... Well, yes, it is The King of Comedy. Yeah, yeah, it's just The King of Comedy, and it's trying to be like Martin Scorsese. And I guess, like, I don't know, like... I think, obviously, like, yeah, maybe... Maybe, maybe I'd have to go back and hear what I said before. But like, the more I think, well, I always change my opinion. So, just every podcast is a different Ian, basically. But um, I don't know. I think the more I thought about Joker, the more I'm like, I don't like that film because it's like it's just so like, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say like run of the mill because it's not run of the mill in terms of superheroes, but in terms of like just other films, it is just very like, yeah. I've seen this before in like Martin Scorsese star films. It does feel like a bit of a paint by numbers homage to Martin yeah. Scorsese. And but... then on top of that, I just don't like that, you know, the Joker as a character has kind of evolved into this thing that's like people love being like, oh yeah, the Joker, we live in a society. We are, you know, that, that sort of meme almost of mm. the Joker. And I feel like that film really, really like, heavily handed goes into that because like the city itself is like a cesspool and like it goes into this big thing of we live in a society we live in a society through the lens of the joker and i'm just like i just really find it obnoxious and it might be i might lose some fans for this because obviously like i am a comic book reader i am a comic book fan but I think the Joker might be one of my least favorite Batman villains. <gasps> like, and do you know what? Do you know it didn't used to be like this. It never used to be like this. I love a lot of the comics he's in. Like, The Killing Joke is a great comic, right? Even though Alan Moore now does not like that comic, and I can see why it's not aged very well with what happens to Barbara Gordon in that. Mm. Um, also, he's great in a myriad of different comics with jo uh, with the Joker in them. Mm. Um, you know, one of the weird, obscure ones that I really like is this one they did called Cataclysm and No Man's Land. And in that, it's like an earthquake's happened and it's destroyed the bridges to Gotham and it all turns into like uh, uh, different zones of gangs controlling the city. Um, and Joker's in that. And I feel like the Joker's quite good in that as well. It's not one of the most famous ones. I'm sure people will be like, why aren't you talking about this one? But like, you know, I like that one as well. But I think what I've grown to be like, he's not one of my favorites anymore. It's just because of how everybody else reacts to him. Do you know what I mean? Like you've ended, you've ended up tainting yeah. him for me because everybody else is like, oh yeah, I love the Joker. I love it. Oh, yeah, like, I know what you mean. <sighs> I, I, my exaggerated gasp a minute ago was partly genuine but also partly <laughs> partly exaggerated i know it was genuine i knew it was genuine. yeah i i love the joker as a character and when he's done properly and well yeah he's great he's, he's great. great like death of the family that oh, the car is yeah. one of the best yeah. things and the joker in that is for me the quintessential joker along yeah with very Mark good Hamill, yeah, yeah. you know that kind of interpretation however and we spoke about this before joker fatigue for me is a big thing huge it's like Huge. We, I think we talked about it on Jokers. the Batman, didn't we? We, we talked did. about it on. Yeah, it's just when like, they tease that. It's like I don't want another Joker <sighs> film. No, and then hearing this, I'm like, oh. Now, seen... it, yeah. is it mental? Yes, yes, it's mental. It's completely bat. I can't swear, but it's actually completely mad, right? Yeah. And I'm down for that, but I'm also like, I just don't want the Joker yeah. anymore. What I I'm this concept makes me more on board from it. I'm bored for it than I was before. Just Fair. purely to see what the hell this is going to look like. Yeah, I guess that's true. Just to watch it. It's probably... Part of me thinks it's going to be a train wreck, but I'm also like, 
I love cats, so I'm yeah. totally down for that. I'm totally down for something that's mental. I'm like all in for that. But I, I am very fatigued. I'm like, I always want to see like a really good Mr. Freeze. He's one of my, yeah. he is one of my favorite Batman villains. Heart of Ice is yeah. amazing. I, and yeah. Yeah. I, why haven't they I, done that? <laughs> I've seen, I saw a tweet the other day. I can't remember who it was, um, but basically a very valid point going, and it had pictures of Joker in various iterations. So you had your Hugh, ja- uh, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman? Yeah. Oh, mate. That Casting news, Hugh what, Jackman. recast, <laughs> that would be amazing. That So Joaquin Phoenix doesn't come back for Joker 2. Joker 2 is a full-on musical starring Hugh Jackman. It's Les Mis, but it's with DC characters. L- amazing. Right. This is, this is amazing. DC, if you're listening. <laughs> Which obviously they do. We're obviously like, they do. Know, number yeah. one trending. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but what I meant to say was it had like Jack Nicholson, Heath Ledger, Jared Leto, and basically just like how many different iterations of Joker we had. And they said, look, how many characters are there in the DC Universe that haven't been explored, haven't yeah. been really touched? It's like, Mad Hatter, tons, he's great. Like, yeah, I yeah. mean, when you read the a lot of the best DC comics, they don't have Joker in them. Exactly, you know? exactly. And uh, like, it's not that I hate the Joker, like, I do, as no. a comic book reader, really enjoy most of the stories he's in. Not all of them, but a lot of the stories he's in. But I'm just like, I don't need it as a film goer anymore. I really don't need it as a film goer because yeah. what happens after? And there's like one of my favorite like tweets from that period. Um, and I think the Weekly Planet talked about this as well. One of my ones I always name drop. I'm hoping one day that I'll be invited on the Weekly Planet. That's like my end goal. I think I would be like, I've retired from podcasting. If I get to be on the weekly planet, um, but they read out a Twitter like like story of somebody watching the Joker film and like being like, "It's a tour de force. It's one of the best things in the world." And it all co- comes across quite earnest, but then it clearly becomes a joke where they're like, "It was amazing. We stood up. People are going crazy on the chairs. One person can't stop dancing. We've ran into the streets." screaming how much we love the joker like and go and it's hilarious it's hilarious and it's like that is the problem and there's a reason why they're sending it up because there's so many people who love the joker in this sort of like we live in a society meme there's so many great youtube videos one of my favorite one is clearly a guy who loves Heath Ledger's joker does a a, uh, a dramatic interpretation of it for maybe his you know, drama course or something. It is amazing. It's genuinely hilarious. Go down that rabbit hole, listeners, on the internet. Find Joker memes. They are some of the cringiest things you'll ever see in your life, and I love them. But I need less Joker in my life. I just need less. Agreed. Uh, yeah. The, in my opinion of this, though, I think it's going to be mental. I like Lady Gaga. Cool. Like she's a great actress. I think she's been well. She's a good actress. Like, um, what do I you call think it? she. I would say she's a great actress. Personally, did you watch I, House of Gucci though? I have not watched that yet, so I was at my job. But yeah, I, I was going to say she is good, but that was not good. I mean, <laughs> from what I've heard about the film, she's not the worst thing about it. But no, she's you know. de- well, mate, definitely not. She's but, definitely not the worst thing about that film. Yeah, 
I mean, I'm not a fan of Lady Gaga's music or anything, but I, re- I respect her as a... She's got some bops. She's she does some have some bops. She, she does. She has a few bops. I'm not going to lie, but generally, it's not my genre. But as, as she's gone into acting and stuff, I feel like she's got she's earned her credibility as an actress. So for her to play Harley, for me, isn't mm. um, completely... Yeah, good. Yeah. Completely yeah. Norm. I think she could bring something new and different to that role. But again, we've had a few Harleys over the last while. Kelly Cuoco doing the animated one. We've got Lady Gaga doing this one. We've had Margot Robbie doing her version. Yeah, no, we do then. Yeah, no, we do. We've we've only had Arnie Arnie. in the animated. And that's it. I mean, he was epic though, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, maybe we should retouch on that one. Maybe maybe that's why they've retired it. He's he's, he's just... Where do you you go from there? Where do you go? I mean, it's definitely unique. And like... I'd, as as something will probably might be a good segue, but something we'll definitely get into is like how genre I think in in superhero films is something that I think needs to be played with, and uh, certainly a musical is playing with that genre. Like mm-hmm. that is you're going all out on that one. So yeah, I mean, I'm definitely going to watch it. Like a hundred percent, definitely going to watch it. But I don't know if I'm happy about it or not. <laughs> if the songs are as good as Teen Titans Go at the movies, then oh, halfway there. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. We should do that as well. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Well, that is it for our nerd news section. And to kind of segue into where do we go now? The Guns and Roses reference. Nice. Um, there we are here for the main event, which is to talk about the latest MCU offering, Thor Love and Thunder. Now, obviously, we will be going into a lot of details, so if you haven't seen Love and Thunder yet, this is your kind spoiler warning to go and see the film before There's our highly budgeted spoiler. We're top class here. We're top class. Ian, you and I haven't actually purposely exchanged any opinions on this film yet. None. I feel like we should make that a rule now. We just don't talk to each other. We we usually talk, but now we just don't. Sometimes, yeah, we're on the WhatsApp straight after we've seen it. Yeah. You know, exchanging thoughts and stuff, but we thought, no, we won't do that this time. We will just figure out as it goes. This could be very interesting. Yeah, it could be. Could be. Um, End of the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And he never spoke again. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Um, but yes, so we both started the weekend, obviously mm-hmm. opening weekend, you saw yep. the Saturday, I think I, I saw it on the, Saturday, uh, the Sunday, mm-hmm. um, so it's still fresh in our minds. Yep. So what did you think? So I, when I left, I really enjoyed it, right? right? Genuinely really enjoyed it. It's fun. It's definitely fun. There's no taking away from that, okay? But the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, I'm not sure I liked it. The, right. the, like, it's definitely a good time. Right, it's definitely a really fun time, and there's no like, oh, it's terrible. But it's kind of weirdly because we also reviewed Spider-Man: Where's My Home, possibly my home, home uh, together, and I laugh at my own jokes. It's fine, and uh, <laughs> someone has to. <laughs> <laughs> I think it suffers with the same issue that I said about that. That if you switch off your brain, you can maybe enjoy this more than if you think about it. Because when I was watching it, I was like, yeah, this is fun. It's a good time. I've got some laughs. But then when I thought about it more, the more I'm like, actually, I think there's actually fundamental issues with this film that make it go, I don't think it's that good. Like, in the broadly spectrum, it's broadly fine at the moment. But when I left, it was broadly good to broadly great. 
Mm. And the more I've thought about it, it's slipped to the broadly fine. Fair enough. I I would say that I'm with you. Oh, interesting. All right. Okay. All right. And see you later, listeners. Cool. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Except I I don't think I ever got to the broadly good, great part. I think I started a broadly fine, good sort of thing and I've stayed there. I haven't Right. Interesting. I guess that's really interesting. Seen you up there and you've just come slowly down. I'm like, hi, Ian. Yeah. Come, yeah, come, come down to me. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, maybe, and that's interesting. We didn't talk because when we we the only thing we did message was we probably have a same opinion on this, and you were like, yeah. So it's interesting that after when I sent that, I was like, this is broadly great. Like I, I was like, this is great. I mean, we we talk quite a bit about films and yes. films, so we know each other's opinions. So when I was yep. watching this, and after I watched it, and maybe you were the same, I kind of mm. thought this is what I think Ian thinks about this film. And I, <laughs> what did you and, and then I aligned it with mine. I was like, I think I kind of, if this is true, I kind of agree with him. Yes. And a lot of the stuff you just said is pretty much my take on it. So, yeah, I think I got maybe caught up in because, like, everybody listening, and if you have seen it, which I hope you have, because we're just going to jump into spoilers. I can't, I'm not, we're not one of those ones, non spoilers, then spoilers. Just, just go watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it is genuinely a fun film and it has some really funny moments in it. And I think there's some really good action set pieces as well. Um, so I think maybe I was just caught up in the hype of watching it in that frame of mind. Yeah. Um, and, and I also think maybe it's due to my Marvel fatigue, which maybe we can get into. Mm. Um, this is probably of the films that have come out, not the TV shows, but of the films, this is probably the one I had the most fun with. So yeah. that's probably why mm-hmm. I left being like, this is really great. But then yeah. as I've thought about it, I'm like, oh, actually, mm, I'm not sure it is. Yeah. I, so similar to you, I from an entertainment point of view, I think it's really good. I think it's funny. I think it's entertaining. There are issues with it, though, when you, oh, really, yeah. when you really look at it. But I, I, this is the one, I guess, out of all the Phase 4 films that I knew was coming out, because I have a soft spot for Thor. I've always yeah. liked Thor. He's probably always been my favourite of the original six. Yeah. I think really like Chris Hemsworth in the role. Great. I think yeah, great casting. He's he's great. And they, he obviously can handle action. He looks good in the suit. Let's We'll get into that in a minute, or out of the suit, I guess, <laughs> in this film. Um, but and obviously, he can handle sh- humour and that kind of stuff. Um, so... All, every, all the elements were there and they do work um i'd say slightly most of the time but for example the humor there's too much mm. if that makes, there's the, a lot of the jokes were funny but a lot of them didn't land at all for me and i think i think the film really tried to be as funny as possible and play on that kind of ragnarok feel yes where ragnarok became Ragnarok was like, oh, Marvel films can be funny as well. And then I think they've really tried to amp that up, but mm. not but at the expense of a lot of things. And it's not as clever with the jokes as mm. it was before. So while a lot of the jokes do land, there's also some that are like, mm, okay. I think that's fair. I think actually one of my major gripes with it, um, now that I think about it more, um, is that I think Chris Hemsworth has really found a place as a comedy actor in this Mm -hmm. and um i think i think a friend of ours or previous uh, member of the team uh when we did marvel uh before that really long one we did do you remember when we reviewed everything Uh, it was alicia wasn't it who said she didn't enjoy how they represented four in 
um, uh, Endgame. Yes, yeah, yeah. which I, I kind of get the more... The, the depression stuff. Yeah, because yeah. this one, I actually think his character has taken such a massive step back in character to progression. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because yeah. at the beginning of the film, he destroys the 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 cultural or holy place of this people who just seem to be like just a little bit emotional about it, uh, even though it was like this really important structure. Um, and in the in the first film, he has uh, Milnir taken away from him for that very reason that he doesn't care and he's too brash and he's too arrogant. And by the end of the film, he realizes actually. I need to care about people and I don't want to destroy this little town in like desert place America because people live here and it's their home. So I feel like they they really have at the expense so they they've worked out that Chris Hemsworth is really funny but at the expense of that they've kind of just not done much character development with him. Yeah, I literally have that written down as a note there is no movement forward for Thor as a character in this film. Apart from uh, now he's got a kid, which I'm Yeah, apart from that, um, and (laughs) but it's kind of like just tying up the relationship that people have been asking about, like, well, where's Jane? You know, that kind of stuff. And it's not really focused on, well, where where does this put Thor? Thor is in the same place at the end of this with a kid, pretty much as he is at the start of the film. He's He's obviously got more responsibility, but I don't, he hasn't I haven't seen him grow as a person nope. in any way. He goes through a lot in his arc yeah. throughout all the films, Thor and Avengers and otherwise. And then this is just kind of like a static kind of nothing yeah, yeah. to really I, read into. I just didn't get that he... Like, he, he, look, he has fun. It's definitely a fun journey for him. But, like, he doesn't really feel... And I think this is maybe it's an issue with other characters. Go, we're kind of spiraling into other ones that I have issues with. <laughs> Did I like this film? Um, so, like, there's nobody in the film that I feel like. Like another example of that as well. Um, even in For the Dark World, which is not a great film, he leaves that little camp to to use the Bifrost, so he doesn't cause any damage. Mm-hmm. In this one, he just uses the Bifrost in the middle of the the room and it causes mass damage yeah and it's like they play it as four's just an idiot yeah like, like he like he wasn't like in the first four film you know un, unaware of his surroundings and yeah. being in the real world it's like when he first comes to earth he obviously just does what he wants because i actually thought, think the four in the first four film four one <laughs> um <laughs> is is more intelligent than this four He's, he's like, yeah, he's brash and arrogant, but he's not stupid. Yeah. Whereas yeah. in this one, he just comes across as dumb, like really dumb. And I'm like, why are you so dumb this for? Is I feel like they're more focused on telling jokes and making it funny than thinking about the character, which is a shame because Thor is an interesting character. He's been through a lot and he has a lot of baggage and he has a lot mm. to deal with. And it's also a- based on a really good comic which shows yeah, Thor really is. well. Like yeah. it really goes through Thor mm. as a character. Because I think that's something, sorry I kind of interjected you there, but I think sorry. it's something that the film really has a is, a is an issue with it now that I think about it more especially from a comic book perspective. Um, it kind of pushes so it's based loosely on, um, oh what's his name? God, I'm reading it at the moment and I've forgotten his name. Is it Jason Aaron's? Yeah, Jason, Jason Aaron. Jason, Jason Aaron, Aaron. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we knew that the whole time. Um, Jason Aaron wrote like a big long run of four, and it's widely regarded as some of the best four comics like ever written, and they are. But 
this is like a couple of those shoved together. And they're, they're actually two really big stories that they've put together. They've done Mighty Four and the God Butcherer saga. And the God Butcherer saga itself is huge. Like that is a huge, I bought it recently to reread it because I read it online and I forgot how big it was. And they've kind of shoved them together. And because of that, I feel like you don't really get much development of those characters as well. It tries to do a lot and doesn't really doesn't really let stuff expand and grow as it were. Because like you say, I think it's trying to do a lot of story in one go. Yes. Um, I also think that tonally it's a bit all a bit right and forward because you go ahead. They've got some dark themes in this, which you know. Again, so we find out, as a spoiler, that Jane's character has had cancer for the last yeah. while. Yeah. And while there's conversations with that, they're interspersed with jokes, and it's not, I don't think it's handled that well, to no, be honest. I, and think I think I've seen think people say online there should be trigger warnings about this, and I'm inclined to agree because mm. I feel like it's very flippant and cavalier with that theme, mm. which I don't mm. think is. A good and that, thing. Again, parallels what I was saying with the comics. Because Mighty Four is Jane as, as four, and she has um, cancer in that. And the way it's dealt with in that comic is really well. Like, really, really well. It's very emotional. It's very, like... It does pull at your heartstrings. I mean, uh, uh, Jason Aaron is an amazing writer, and he really, really does capture the oh man it's really it is actually quite a lot like it's quite mm-hmm. hard hitting yeah. when you read it yeah um i i'd agree with you and it's not something i'd really thought about because i have actually why i jumped in there and i know i jump in on people i'm a i'm a i'm a serial interrupter who doesn't like being interrupted <laughs> um, but the tone is actually one of my biggest issues with this film like yeah. it's actually one of the biggest ones that like uh, again, after I left, I was really like, yeah, but there's there's actually something which maybe my brain switched off. But in the first scene, I actually really hated that first scene. Um, and it kind of sums up the issues of tone in this film. So you've in the first scene, you've got Christian Bale as Gore, uh, the God Butcher. Yeah. And um, who I think is an awesome character, by the way. He's I like do. awesome. And Christian really? Bale... Man, yeah, he, I want to. I want to talk we'll, about Christian Bale. Yeah, we'll get yeah. back to Christian Bale, but he's mm-hmm. great in this, right? Yes. So we see him like with his child in this desert, which we assume like a great famine has happened or something's happened that his people have essentially died, and he's praying to his God. It's a really heavy scene to start with. He, his daughter dies; he has to bury his daughter, and he's cradling the grave where his daughter's been laid. And then suddenly he sees this mirage after praying for for a miracle. He sees this oasis, which I also thought was cool because, like a lot of people, when you yeah. get lost in the desert, can see things that aren't real. But it is real. He goes in and he starts feasting and drinking, and there's the god he's been praying to. Now the tone in this scene is mental. How yeah. like not well balanced it is. You got yeah. Christian Bale giving this amazing performance about like the loss of his daughter and like why didn't you answer my prayers like what are you why where were you and the guy whoever that actor is was like it's like pan- pantomime yeah, yes. you, it's pantomime and you're like this is weird this is, and then that guy is essentially like he then starts just giving explanation 
like that sword over there can kill gods and we oh, stop that the exposition guy. swords Jesus yeah Christ. yeah and yeah. and then he somehow gets the sword to him which they did show that he got cut by it and then it healed so i guess it's poisoned him or something like that was a bit unclear but they did kind of show that but he then kills that god and goes all gods must die okay film starts that entirely in a nutshell is the sum issue of this problem with this film. You got mm-hmm. Christian Bale given a great performance of a, almost terrifying in places. Oh yeah. But the rest of the film is like wacky, zany, like jokes and funny stuff and it doesn't yeah. quite click. <laughs> yeah. And there's there's the other moment on the well when they're on the on the on the on the boat traveling through the Bifrost yeah. and Thor and Jane are having a conversation and she tells him and they're having this really deep, serious conversation about it. But then he'll say a joke, or she'll say a joke, and then they'll be mm. back into the conversation. I was like, okay, I don't think you're giving this situation the gravitas it deserves. And they cut to Valkyrie and, um, what do you call it? Korg. Korg, who I think should have died in this, by the way. He was kind of, yeah, get, get rid of Korg. Um, like, he had a nice payoff at the end. That was very sweet. And mm. um, I liked that. But he was completely superfluous. <laughs> he just didn't do anything other yeah. than give like one-liners every now and then and stuff. Uh, but it cuts to them having a conversation which was meant to be like funny and wacky. I didn't laugh at that. Um, but it's it's in between her pre- saying, look, I've got cancer and I'm dying. And you're kind of like, what? <laughs> like, like yeah. what is happening like now you've pointed out the cancer thing to me i'm now that's like so in my face but for me it was mainly like gore being so tonally different like really different and then everything else is all wacky but now you've yeah. brought up the cancer thing as well i'm like that totally is the same it's really emotionally meant to be hard hitting and yeah it, when she's in the bed when she's in the bed and and near the end and he's like if you pick up Mjolnir again, which we'll get into again. Me and being facetious, but when she she's like, if you pick it up again, you know you'll 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 die. The scene before he like smashes a vending machine. He's like, oh, you know, didn't have a door that opened. Mm-hmm. Oh, like oh, here's something. It's like what? <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I think I love Taika Waititi and everything he's done, and he does have a theme for his film of having, I guess, the sort of somber sadder side mixed with comedy mm. and i think generally he's always found that balance quite well um for what he's done i just don't think it works i don't think his balance is quite as good here and i think mm. that it's it's just there's just some miss it's definitely some mistime and miss miss um alignment in the tone for sure yeah definitely definitely yeah, I, agree. I think i think it kind of is it plays into the fact that i think this is the shortest marvel film for a while and it weirdly feels quite rushed with what it's trying to do. And I wonder if they didn't do such a short film, could they have done better with those things? Because I hear there's a lot of stuff on the cutting floor of Christine Bale's performance. Um, but like, also, like maybe there was more to do with the cancer there. I don't know. I'd, I'd hope so. But you just don't know, do you? That's the thing. And Yeah. It's it's hard. It's it's easy to say, oh, if you know, there could have been, there's a cut because you know, release the whatever cut is all the. Oh, I've started getting there. annoyed with that as well as a trend. Yeah, like, I, I I said once that happened, it would just be a snowball. Yeah, but here we go. Um, yeah. But whether it's a, a YTT cut or whatever you want to call it, um, I think 
I think there need there would need to be significant moments missing or added for this to kind of shift yes. and to pay off. I, I think it would need quite a bit. Well, for for me, you need to add so much of gore, like mm. so so much. So, like as I said, I'm rereading the God uh, Butcher Omnibus, which is what we're going to be doing for our Phantom Zone episode. Um, and um, Gore is such a well-developed character in that, and um, we see him killing gods. We see him butchering gods like multiple multiple gods and also his backstory is changed in this for such a weird like i'd say that that scene is such a weird scene um in the in the comic um his wife and his kid have died mm. and um he finds the two gods of his nation have killed each other and he realizes that they just didn't care about them at all so he's like, I will kill all gods because they are like meaningless. Um, where I say in this, it's such a weird change for a pantomime almost payoff. And then we don't see him kill any other god. We we have all these reports that he sees with the guardians because the guardians are in this very briefly. Yeah. Um, we see reports of like, you know, oh, these people are being killed. And there's some references to the comic. There's one where there's some gods chained up and killed, which is in the comic. And there's one a very famous one, which is almost like a still from the comic where Four finds a friend of his that's being killed, mm-hmm. um, like that giant spiny one. Um, and that's where he finds Sif. Um, like, um, yeah, cool. But they just don't do... They really don't just show how like m- powerful Gore is. yeah. Like yeah, he, when he's in it, he's great. He's yeah. so good. Well, let's let's talk about Christian Bale because I think we both really kind of impressed with what he does here with oh, his role. Yeah. I think he was for a long time. Marvel has a problem with villains. I feel in general, just yeah. not being investable. Is that a word? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I but I feel like his performance does drag does draw you in to him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. It's his, I guess his motivation is a bit, you've, you have seen it before, but he does make it feel fresh in a way. And yeah, I think he's great. Like yeah. he's, he's so good in that role. He's a role. great actor. So yeah, yeah, he start. is. He is a great actor. And that's, I think that's the weird thing with this one. He is so good at acting and he's like in every scene, just like putting in his all. And the film just isn't like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so weird because he's great in almost every scene he's in. And the film just like, I don't know. I, don't I feel know. like the times he's doing like Shakespeare and then everyone else is doing Panto. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I completely this, this agree. This guy man. is acting as Skinner and everyone else is just making jokes. You know? Yeah. Just like, this is again back to the tone thing. But I feel not to harp on that too much. He, there, there, there's two different things going on whenever there's a scene he's in. He's doing all this great work, and I feel like it's just being undercut slightly by whatever whoever he's playing against yes. a little bit. I agree. Um, which is a shame because he's really, really good in this. Yeah. And I would love to have seen Gore become like a be really intimidating and really be able to expand because I feel like it would have been really awesome to see. 
Yeah, I just feel like perhaps they, again, we've talked to that. You're 100% right. They do have a problem with villains in the MCU. Uh, and I feel like they've wasted quite a lot of them. And I, I think he's one that they've kind of wasted again. Like, I think he's great in this and he definitely is one of the high points of the film. Um, but like, I, I feel like the end as well, they kind of, I think they let down his arc as well in the end mm. like they get to eternity which like oh my god that was awesome like i will say like there's stuff in that i didn't like we'll get into that oh yeah 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 and i think i think uh simone um ha- like will have uh points on that because you know she talked about the the tone of the films for kids films um so I- i'll leave that to her when she she might make an appearance um but the um there's a bit where he gives all the kids powers. Um, it's fine. Like it's clearly meant to be for kids. Like so, Gore kidnaps the children of Asgard, takes them, and then four to like help the fight against Gore and his shadow demons. He gives all of the kids a brief power of four, so they can fight the creatures. Now they did that because it's a kids' film or a twelve A, so kids are going to be watching it. They want to be like, yeah, we can do that, but. It kind of leads me to more questions of like, why didn't Four do that all the time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like when they were on Wakanda, why didn't he go, right, I'm going to give the thousands of Wakandan soldiers here who are fighting against Thanos the power of Four briefly so we could fight Thanos. And then Thanos has to fight all thousands of those people. And this goes into what I'm saying about the MCU's problem again with fluctuating powers and who, yeah. who like Scarlet Witch, Doctor Strange... How, yeah. power, how powerful are they in any given film? As powerful as the script allows them to be. And it's thinking, a big issue here, I think. It is. It, it adds more to Mjolnir and Stormbreaker as well here. Because like, it's a joke that is quite funny that Stormbreaker's jealous of Thor. I did, I did like that whole dynamic between him and Stormbreaker. Yeah, that was good. but then why are they sentient? So when 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 Stormbreaker gets taken by Gore, why doesn't it fly away? True. Like like what <laughs> like th- so it it's, it causes me to be like what? Like it's funny and it, it I feel like they thought of the joke before they thought of how it would make sense. And then it makes me go like that that doesn't make sense then. That actually and, does and not again, make sense. And again we're back to jokes at the expense of story character. Yeah. You yeah. Know, things making sense. And I think where the film is genuinely quite funny, fair amount of the time, yeah, it, it takes away from everything. They've focused on that more than anything else. Yeah, I agree. I think yeah. it it definitely is like I, I look. I to say I left having a really good time, and I'm still not going to be like this is bad. Like no, I'm not going to no. say it's bad, but it is. It is exactly kind of like my same fe- feelings now for Spider Man. I yeah. left um, No Way Home being like that was great. And then I thought about it and I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Because it did have some awesome references in it as well. And I don't think it was too in your face about the references either, which some MCU films like Spider-Man was a bit. Um, In the Hall of Eternity, they've got lots of different characters on the walls. We've got the Watcher, we've got Death, which is cool. The actual physical embodiment of Death in the MCU, which is great. Mm. Um, We've also got, uh, for listeners who don't realise when Thanos, you probably do, but when Thanos actually was written in the comic, he loved the physical embodiment of Death and wanted to kill all these people to show Death how much he loved her because Death is actually a physical thing, but obviously that's weird, so they didn't do that in the films, which kind of makes more sense. But... um, they had that on the wall. Awesome. 
They had the Living Tribunal, which is cool as well, which I think the Living Tribunal is now going to turn up in the MCU because we've seen reference to it in Loki and here, which is cool. They also did Eternity, which is so weird. Like, it's awesome. Like, genuinely, it is amazing. And they made Eternity look fantastic. Agreed. Genuinely, that scene where they come into it, like, outside the universe, which is also where... Thanos would appear when he clicked. Wherever you click, you appear outside the universe in that yeah. water, which was awesome as well. I like that little reference. And you got Eternity there, and it looked exactly like the comic book with a small face there as well. I was like, that is awesome. And I never thought they would do that because Eternity is a weird character. For those who don't know, Eternity in the comic book is the literal manifestation of the entirety of the universe in a person. So it's like all of the universe in one and they have a consciousness, and it's a really weird concept. Um, but they, it was really cool. It was really it was cool. cool. It was cool. I, I, I think that last scene, generally for me, that last bit was great, and how they represented all that. And I feel like the last few moments were really poignant. And again, Christian Bale's doing great work in that scene. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone is in that scene. To be fair, I think yeah, yeah, everyone's doing good, good, good stuff in there. And. Um, the moments between Thor and Jane are really, you know, kind of genuinely touching and heartfelt. Um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed that, but it left me asking, like, could they not have found some more of that in the rest of the film? Yeah. Also, I feel like the wish idea is kind of... Like, because they didn't expand Gore's character a lot, I feel like the wish payoff... This is what I was talking about before. The wish payoff doesn't really work as well. Um because like where's his wife? Why didn't he just wish for his entire civilization? Why didn't he wish for them? Yeah. Like there there's so many questions to have with this wish scenario that because you didn't expand much on Gore's character, you kind of are like why didn't he wish for this? And there's it's just there's a lot of questions that because they didn't really explain. I'm kind of like I don't it doesn't work for me as well. The way- the scene is great. Mm-hmm. And if it had more stuff fleshing it out, it probably would have been better. But the wish for me is like, what? Why? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I do get what you mean, but I'm also of the opinion that it's a film, you know, that's the kind of wrapping up you get in films, you know? It's but like- I feel like they, they went, he needs to have a kid, so this is what we'll do. Yeah, it's true. You, there's a lot, but... It's true. You're right. They're absolutely. Right. Why didn't he wish for you know everyone to come back? Or, yeah. You know everyone. You know there's a lot of. But I feel like there's a lot of films you could do that. But the main one They're probably films I don't like. I don't. Yeah, like, <laughs> like like Titanic. Why didn't Jack? Why, no, why didn't he get onto the book? No, let, let's you, get into but, that. But you, why? But you, but you know why? And it's brilliant. James Cameron, massive respect, because he says, and he's, they asked him why, and he said, because in the script it said Jack dies. That's why he didn't get on the board. I was like, <laughs> you know what? Fair play, James Fair Cameron. Fair play. Fair play, James Cameron. You put, you, we had and, the trailer again before for Avatar again, which we were like, not looking for that to that. <laughs> I, I, I let out a massive involuntary sigh, and I didn't, <laughs> I didn't even realize until my wife went, yeah, I know. And I was like, ah. Yeah. Um, uh, so I'm still going to see it, though, obviously. Yeah. Um, obviously. But, that, it, but that's what I mean. Since it's I true. Read, since I read that, I thought with like films end in movie ways. You know, there's a lot of stuff you kind of have to let go and go. But but there is other things in this film that you can question legitimately. Not that you're 
thing's not legitimate. I yeah, yeah really fair enough. Make your comment. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. All right. What are you talking about, Because <laughs> <Ian? laughs> he loves his daughter, all right? <laughs> I also, I have to, I have a slightly other thing which you might answer. Sorry, I'm being really pernickety now. We've opened the can of worms because I actually did enjoy this and now I'm like, no, I didn't. But the, the other thing, right? Okay, and we, I'm sure you're going to get into this as well. The other gods, right? Which I also uh, don't know if Asgardians are gods. That's another thing that we need to figure out. But the other gods, I actually agree with Gore. They should all die. They're all terrible. They like are, they are. They were. Oh, that whole scene was awful. Yeah. Why was he saying? Let's. Who won the competition for the most sacrifices? Because they're is- awful. They're awful. There. You're all awful. Gore is right to be like. You all should die. You all should die. And that's why I, we should have maybe seen him kill some nice gods, and then we could have been like, well, the pantheon of gods are a group of gods who are like selfish, awful, but there are other gods who are like not like that and refuse to be part of the pantheon of gods. But Gore yeah. doesn't care. He'll kill everybody. I, I, like, I get why he would go to a, a city of gods for help, right? Obviously the most powerful beings in the universe. But part of me thought after five minutes of, being when I would have thought, I don't want these guys on my team. Yeah. They, they are awful, awful people. And because we don't see any other gods, and there's a lot of gods in that room, there are a lot of gods. If Because we don't see any other gods, I'm kind of like, are all gods like this? Yeah. Also, where do the Asgardians sit in this pantheon of gods? Because we've seen Asgardians die, right? Like, Loki's died. Mm-hmm. Is he a god, or is he a frost giant? Uh, I think he's technically both. Yeah, so, cool. He, We've seen him die, okay. We've seen the Warriors 3 die as well, but I guess they were killed by another god, which is Hela. So, I guess that... Are they gods, or were they just as guardian? Like, do you see what... Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. So, you, 4 is a god. When you start pulling the thread, a lot more comes unraveled. Yeah, yes. so 4 is a god. We know he's a god, and we know Odin's a god, and I guess Loki's a god then as well. But then when you start to think he's about it... He's a god of mischief, technically, so he would be... Okay, cool. So he is a god. So either way, he's a god. But then you pull the thread more, you kind of think, right, okay, so are all Asgardians gods? Because if they're not, then I guess Valkyrie isn't a god. She's just an Asgardian, and the gods of the Asgardians are Thor and Odin and Loki, right? But then why do they all live together? It's a good question. <laughs> like, it's no, I'm really. It's something that now that I think about it, I'm like, this film has made me really question. I know it's just the MCU, but it needs to make sense. Right, but this again boils down to it's a really enjoyable film. It's a good, it's a good time. I re- I did enjoy it. I do think it's. It, I did I did enjoy it. I did have a good time, and that's that's what I want from Marvel film first and foremost. Yes. But the god thing doesn't make sense. Like the god, pan- yeah. When you walk away later, <laughs> and these things fever in your mind, these are the things that you think. Hold on a minute. Then I'm not done with the gods, by the way. I've got more stuff to we'll, say. We'll get back to that. I've got I've got comments on Russell Crowe. I was about to say what uh, is happening there. Yeah, uh, I don't know, but we'll get into that. Later. But what I guess, <laughs> yes, it's entertaining. But when you try and put it in, how it fits in the universe, how it fits in the film series, yeah, nine films how it basically deals with the characters that we've known for god knows how long now 14 years Mm. it falls down that's yeah totally yeah yeah it's fun it's enjoyable you'd have a good you'll have a good laugh but when you if you want it 
be honest and compare it to everything that's come before or going to come after and how it fits into the wider thing, you have to kind of think, well, it's not ticking all the boxes. No, and, and I think that is like so true like it is fun and i did leave being like yeah this was really fun but then when i really took the time and was like this this really doesn't make sense in places particularly as you say in the universe and i actually think tonally it's got massive problems like Mm. massive problems that actually make me go and i think this is people are going to listen to this i know people are going to listen to this well i hope people listen to this but i know people are going to listen to this and be like oh man, no, it was great and you're totally wrong. And that's great. Like, I'm not going to tell you like you're wrong for enjoying Mm -hmm. this film. But I also would say to you, don't just love this film because it's an MCU film. Like, I feel like MCU films now get like so much leeway to be like, oh, it's great. And I see people giving MCU films like 8 out of 10 and 9 out of 10. And I'm like, this film is not a 9 out of 10. It is not an 8 out of 10. It's not a seven out of ten when I left, and and I think that's that's the thing that I would say. Like, I can't give this film a higher rating just because it's fun and an MCU film. Mm. It needs to be a good film overall. Like, I need to be able to go because we do have comic book films that are of better value, like the Batman. Like that is genuinely a great film, mm-hmm. and that's what we can get. And we do have great films within the MCU as well. The Winter Soldier is a great film, so. We can have that. We can achieve it. But I think it goes to perhaps Marvel fatigue. I think maybe they need to actually have a longer break from Marvel now. It's now a lot. It's a lot of Marvel. Yeah, true. Um, I I completely agree with what you say. Um, Obviously, our opinions are our opinions. We we love Marvel. Get out of here, listeners. (laughs) (laughs) We we love Marvel. We don't. We're not trying to you know, hate on Marvel because it's cool or whatever. We love Marvel. We want to see MCU films that we really love. We've been watching them for years. And, you know, if you've loved this film and you think it's great, then absolutely. Yeah, cool. Totally fine with that. Love it. I love that people, I love when people love films. Your favorite film might be a film I absolutely hate, vice versa. It doesn't matter. That's the whole point of discourse and conversation. But my opinion, I have an opinion and therefore I am right. Yeah. (laughs) Unless you're in which case. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, um, go but I've and like I've seen people who said this is the worst MCU film. That I don't, no. agree, I don't agree with that. No, I mean, it's the Eternals. Eternals. That's the Eternals. Dark World is still worse than this. I'm sorry. Do you, do you, it, uh, yeah, no, it is. No, it totally yeah. is. Hundred percent. I thought that, you were going to say Dark World is worse than the Eternals. I can't decide on that one. No, I, I would say Eternals is still my least favorite. But yeah, some, some people, some people really like Eternals. Great. Cool. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad yeah, you liked it. This like, isn't in my top ten either. You know. No, no, it wouldn't films. Be. It's no. probably sort of middle, lower middle of the pack. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's. Um, but then I don't want more of this mediocre stuff. Yeah, leave I, more time I, I and let's make better films. Most of the Phase Four films, I actually think that Spider-Man Finding My Way Home, <laughs> uh, uh, Country Road, yeah, Country Take me Road. We can't sing on this podcast. Um, oh, oh, we're getting sued again. Oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> might still be my favourite. Uh, yes, it had its flaws, but overall I feel like it ticked a lot of boxes for me. On phase four, yeah. On phase four. Yeah. But you're right. There seems to be a middling s- scenario here with phase There's four. so many boring ones coming out now. Mainly, and I think it's mainly because of the baggage of the first three phases, Endgame, Thanos, mm. that kind of stuff. Mm. I'm 
more excited, looking forward to phase five, six, however many they're going to do, mm-hmm. to see them go, right, that's done. You already know all that stuff. Let's do mm-hmm. something. Let's just go for it. And mm-hmm. great. And really, but also, in the like you said, like we keep, we've got three Marvel films a year. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had three Marvel films a year, every year, apart COVID years, obviously, aside with cinema closures, etc. We've got what uh, Black Panther coming out in October, November mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. You know that that be thirty films in a space of fourteen years. You know that's a lot of films, yeah. and it's a lot of story, and it's a lot of weight. And I mm. think it's maybe buckling a little bit. I think they needed a year after mm-hmm. Endgame. Yeah, I think they needed. I know we had COVID, but I mean like a genuine maybe year two year period where there was no MCU films. Yeah, I'm more excited in what they're doing maybe with some of the TV shows than what I mean, Loki's right? awesome. Yeah, man. Loki is like, so good. If they start branching out what we think is happening in Loki or what we kind of mm. assume is happening in Loki, I think mm. it's going to be really good. But yeah, totally. Well, when we've seen Loki and then we're kind of, I feel like then we're now watching these ones come out, we're taking a step back to where we were and also trying to retreading ground we already kind of know and or in the case of what we said about thor not really moving forward at all no not at all so it's like okay so we're not in any further on in the mcu saga at the end of love and thunder than we Mm -hmm. were before love and thunder yeah and it yeah no i agree i i completely agree like a lot of these films like even the post-credit stuff because oh man it's just like oh right okay like the the pantheon of heroes is just like there's some funny bits in that scene like the bow god which was great uh the bow <laughs> god that was adorable um uh but there was a lot of stuff in that scene that i just was like it would have been so much better if gore turned up and just killed loads of gods like that yeah. would have been awesome like rather than russell crowe yeah whatever the hell he was doing yeah and then i thought he was dead because thor throws the lightning bolt through his chest right yeah. Which again, Thor's a god, he's a god. I assume gods can kill gods, but gods can't be killed by non-gods, but then Thanos killed Loki. So I guess a god can be killed by anyone, but does that mean Loki's not a god and that's why he got killed? But then why was Thor worried when he was being... I don't know, man. Like It causes a lot of questions on like what gods mean in this universe, which is okay if they had answered that in this pantheon. But then he's not dead at the end of the film. He sat there still doing his mock Italian accent, which, okay. Um, and he's... Is that what that accent was? I was not sure. I don't know. It wasn't good, though. Maybe he's xenophobic? I don't know. But he's he's doing... Uh, he's making some choices. That's what we'll say. And at the end, he's there and, and he's talking to somebody. And then he's like, you got to go deal with them. And it cuts. And there's the guy from Ted Lasso as Hercules, because I said to Simone, Hercules, before before uh, that even came up, I was like, Hercules is a character from the comics, like, and Thor and him do have a bit of a back and forth. Hmm. Uh, and this was before I even knew Hercules was going to be in this. But, like, what what does that even mean for the universe? Yeah. Is, what does that even mean, man? Like, I'm not saying that every film needs to build to something, right? But it's kind of like what you're talking about with this Phase 4 just being middling stuff that, like doesn't lead really much anywhere and like we kind of saw that as well with another post credit scene in phase three with guardians of the galaxy uh two where adam warlock is teased and he's just not turned up that's just never coming he's coming no he's coming (laughs) 
I like yeah. how you go. I know he's definitely coming. Don't you? Don't don't you fret, man. He's he, he's coming. We just, but, we're, we're, we've been waiting, but he is coming. <laughs> but it's kind of like great. You know what I mean? Like I just kind of like, dude. Where, where is this all going to lead to? And like, I think if they had just taken like some more time away from it, because Endgame was such a big thing. Like we had waited a long time for us to get there, and. You know, they chose the perfect story, like, is really the right one to get to be a big event, you know. And there's a lot of, like, is Secret Wars going to be the next event? I think they've teased that quite a bit, you know, which would be really cool. But then the way in which they've teased it has been weird. We talked about it in Doctor Strange. We've had the Illuminati spoiled in that, really. And now with this one, it's kind of like they've got this pantheon of gods and stuff. But, like, what's that actually going to lead to now that Hercules is going after four, I guess? But then... It might not have anything to do with a four five because Taika Waititi has said that that wasn't something that he wrote. That was something by uh, what's his face, Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige, yeah. So it's kind of like, well, what is that then? <laughs> like, what? You know what I mean? So, and then after Jane's dead and has died, you know, due to uh, that's, that's reminded me of something else that doesn't make sense. But I'll I'll, I'll take it in steps. Uh, the... <laughs> We see her at the end in Valhalla with uh, Idris Elba, and then it's like four will return, which I was like, yeah, it's going to be her. She's going to return. She'll come back. Like that's different. I feel like they shouldn't have done the Valhalla scene. They should have just had Jane die, and that would have been like quite an emotional scene. Yeah. And then people would have left and been like, oh, I guess she's not coming back. And then when she did come back, it would be like more of an emotional, um, uh reward mm-hmm. um so um i i just feel like the universe at the moment as you said just doesn't really connect well it's kind of a bit all over the place maybe that is because of what happened before it um but yeah it's kind of, kind of left me in a bit of a funk with mcu films at the moment yeah anyway. i'm no clearer as to the direction of the mcu at the minute i'm no clearer as to where what their grand plan is i'm assuming and hoping they have one and i have faith that they do but i'm not there's a there's lots of bits being thrown out that doesn't seem to be connecting in any obvious way and And look sometimes they don't need to i mean moon knight didn't and that was quite fun and but like also although moon knight's gods do appear in this in in the background but like Hmm. again what does his gods mean now how do they work in this yeah um but like it doesn't. We don't necessarily need something to always connect, but I need something to like make sense and actually be of like good yeah. quality for the universe. Like you are in a universe, so if you're going to put it out there, we need it to all click. And this mm. just doesn't uh, now. And the other thing now I'm thinking about. Sorry, this is another thing that like annoyed me. Back to the Mjolnir and Stormbreaker stuff. Mm. Right. I know this is a segue. So that he tells Mjolnir, "I love Jane Foster. Always look after her." Right. Yeah. And that's why it's like, ah, oh, Mjolnir is calling it, it, it to me. Her with the power of four, yeah, et cetera. Yeah, four, mm-hmm. cool, yeah. But it's killing her. He says, yeah. because you're using Mjolnir, it's killing you, right? So why has Mjolnir done, done that? That's not looking after her. You're killing yeah, her. it's not explained whether it's like, a, you know, a give and take kind of thing, you know? If yeah, or, or if, if... It's never if, explained that if you're not a god, then this isn't something you can wield. But then she ends up in Valhalla. Yeah, so again, we're back to the the issue of what 
is actually happening yeah like if if she do you know what you've you've some that you've done a really good job of saying like she's not a god and perhaps mjolnir like for in that conversation with her where she's on the bed and they have jokes there rather than having like a serious hit he could have said something like i don't know look i'm not a script writer but something like mjolnir called to you because i told it to protect you and the only way it could protect you from the cancer was to try and prolong your life as a god but you as a human can't be a god. You can't yeah. be. And that will it's slowly killing you, but Milnir is trying to keep you alive by trying to make you a god, mm-hmm. right? And then that would have been like, okay, cool, cool. But that's not what happened, so I don't no. know what Milnir is doing. <laughs> like, no, I, I agree. It's Again, we're back to, I don't think the thought was given to the finer plot points. It's like the they had the jokes. Yeah, the, the jokes were priority in my opinion. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they be I think and I this is just my opinion, obviously, but the reception to Ragnarok was huge. Mm. People really got a new Thor. It was funny. MCU films, obviously you had Guardians, but MCU films weren't um weren't really full of humor as they were up until Guardians and Thor Ragnarok came along, mm. in my opinion. And I feel like they've really tried to capitalize on that and just gone too far, overshot, yeah. Yeah. and have sacrificed a lot to, for jokes that didn't land, misplaced, yeah. ill-timed, what have you. Yeah. And I think that just sums it up, really. Yeah, I know. There is some stuff I want to make sure that we get some good stuff in. One of the things I really loved was Gore's like, Shadow Realm. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel that was great, like the yeah. black and white. And then when they were using their weapons, light would appear and color would appear with them. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I loved that whole aesthetic when they were going was, through. That she was light, awesome. She lights up Mjolnir and it just sort of reflects the bits that would obviously, if she was holding a torch or something, you know. Yes. Really well done. Agree. Yeah. Really. I think the film generally looks really good. Awesome. Looks awesome. Can, when you compare it, because we had issues with how Multiverse of Madness looked, I think yeah. this is much yeah. better. Looks and way better. For whatever we said about the God scene, it looks great. The yeah. colors are great. It's beautiful to look at. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. But yeah, it's it's. I agree. I think it's a good looking film for sure. Yeah, um, everybody puts a good performance. Everyone does put a good performance in. I don't think Chris Chris Hemsworth's great. He's still great. He's I still love him as far. He's a great character. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like every all the actors are on point. Obviously, massive shout out. Obviously, we've already said to Christian Bale, he's the best. Oh, so good. I think he just. Um, I would have liked to see him given more space to do even more. So much, Gore yeah. to have been, you know, this re- Gore could have been a really big thing. Well, yeah, but like one of my favorite bits is when he just appears behind the children. That was creepy as hell. Oh, that whole bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the head and stuff. And it was just like, wow. And again, we're getting onto content for a kid's film. Pretty hairy Mm. stuff for a kid's film. Well, that's something I know Simone definitely um, thinks about. You know, she definitely had points on that. Mm, Yeah. Mm. Other bits I liked, something I liked that you, I don't think, will with the Guns N' Roses songs. Love a bit of Guns N' Roses. Do you know what? I got into them a bit, you know, like, I'm just not a big fan of Guns N' Roses, but they picked out the hits, didn't they? You yeah, know, and just, I feel they, like they were well used. Yeah, I although like... I kind of, they they used the same one a few times, which I was just kind of like, okay, yeah, okay, cool, all right. Like when the yeah. goats turned up pulling through the, the ship, I was just kind of like, okay. That's the what same did we song. think of the Screaming Goats? 
thought it was all right. You yeah. know, I thought I thought it was fine. Like they made me laugh, and that's that that's they did. The, uh, do you know what? If that if that was the only real like humor and stuff in it, I would have been fine. But I guess it's like they're just a part of the other humor that just doesn't pay off. Like uh, yeah, I th- you know, and like they're good, they're fine, and I think they're funny. But like it's kind of like the same with Jane trying to come up with a catchphrase. They kind yeah. it's just kind of forced in. It doesn't really work in the the context of it and it's just kind of like oh isn't it funny and i'm like yeah yeah, it's it's funny yeah cool yeah i feel i feel like the goats joke the recurring goats joke was spaced out enough that it still made me laugh every time it happened yes but and it didn't get to a point where i was like right you need to stop doing this now but it was one of those things again i was just like right jokes and jokes and jokes and jokes and jokes yeah um, I did like I did like the Stormbreaker Thor dynamic, like when Stormbreaker like edges into the screen. It well, it may it is funny, but it just makes me. It, question it does raise questions, but in the moment, I was like, yeah, that's, that's pretty funny. I did enjoy that. Um, and there are there are moments where that's great. The action's good. I do yeah, like the action. awesome. Yeah, yeah really the good. action's great. It's just the plot points and the bringing it all together. It just yes. seems a bit fractured. I think it's that they thought about where they wanted to go before they wrote it, which I guess, I guess that's most stories. But I mean, like they had a end in mind, like they had an end in mind. They knew where they wanted to go and they worked like, how are we going to get him to have a child? Mm -hmm. And like, that's cool. But I feel like his real life daughter. Yeah. Which I kind of also am like, you know, cool like is this why you did that i don't know i'm like, like I, I, I mean i she's not she's not a character in the comics there isn't no, a she's not and no. yes obviously nepotism issues aside but i yeah. feel like, i feel like she steals the scene at the end when she's in it i think her and the dynamic between her and thor are good where did that's you, where that's where that's like, gonna ugh. yeah i you know i i feel like that was one of the funnier moments i felt landed quite well for me, but okay. where that's going to go, I don't know. Because obviously, spoilers, she is the love part of Love and Thunder. Yeah. Um, I don't know how that's going to develop. No. Yeah. No. I did have I did have another question for you, unrelated. Um, sure. So obviously, the end of Endgame, uh, mm-hmm. Thor goes off with the Guardians. I could, but before you, sorry, before you continue, I know where that's going to end up with her. She'll be in Young Avengers. Okay, there you go. They, they're trying to, they're, they're definitely lining up. You can see it. There's a lot of teenage kids now and young kids who are being cast in these things mm. to be. So you got obviously Miss Marvel. You've got in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. You have the Super Soldier's son. He is also a Captain America in the comics. You've now got her in the next uh, in uh, Black Panther. We're going to have. Um, oh, I've forgotten the character's Shuri? name. Sorry. Shuri. Maybe Shuri, but no, there's a there's an oh, Iron no, Man. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she's going to be in it. She's going to get her own show, I believe, as well. So it's all they're lining up a young Avengers. That's what they're doing. And I think they had to think right. So we're going to need to get a young four. There isn't a young four in the comics. We'll create one. So basically, rebooting the universe without rebooting the universe. I think so. Sense. Yeah, I think that's what we're seeing. Now that I th- now talking w- to you about it, that is kind of what I think we're seeing now, which is I don't know if that's great. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Guess, you know, <laughs> what was your I, question anyway? <laughs> yeah, my question was obviously Thor goes off with the Guardians at the end of Endgame. Yeah. Uh, we obviously see him with the Guardians for <clears throat> the first part of the film. Sure. And 
they have we see them like highlights of their adventures obviously yep. the thing with the temple yeah do i mean this might just be me but do we think that they had a different idea for his adventures with the guardians and they just scrapped it because i feel like what was the point yeah <laughs> apart I kinda, from star lord's yeah. speech to him about looking into the eyes of the people you love that kind of stuff i was like didn't really do anything for me no i i wonder that as well actually i think that's a good point i wonder i wonder if things have changed as well with i mean obviously we can't talk uh too much about like well we could i don't know but like there's a lot of backlash to chris pratt at the moment and he is not as popular as a star uh as he was when the first guardians film came out and um, I don't think he's going to be a box office drawer as much. I don't think people are going to be like, oh, Chris Pratt. Well, he's not. Like, he's in a lot of, like, weird... Well, he was uh, in the new Jurassic Park. Jurassic yeah, but that Park. gave me COVID, so I'm kind of like... <laughs> <laughs> Again, legally, Jurassic World did not give you COVID. Yeah, no, it didn't. The two were coincidental. <laughs> yeah. But, like, it... It's... Um... Yeah, he is, but he's also in a lot of like these rubbish Amazon films, and he was in that Passengers as well with Jennifer Lawrence, which was rubbish. And um, I have a theory about Passengers, but carry on. Oh, we'll get back to that. I'll be yeah. interested by that because me and Simone were so excited for that film, and then we watched it. And it was like it's rubbish. Yeah, um, but like, I think maybe the Guardians might be moving away from the Guardian lineup that we know. Yes, yeah, so um, yeah. Dave Bautista is not going to play Drax after three. We know yeah, that. Um, I've read that. Yeah, so I think also might between be right. this and that, we had obviously James Gunn being sacked and then being brought back on. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of perhaps bad blood or perhaps ill feelings there that isn't going to br- like bring forward the best product. Um, and I'm sure, look, I'm sure the next Guardians film will be fun and I'm sure it'll be good, but I have a feeling that it'd probably be James Gunn's last one. Um, just because it's a trilogy, he gets to close up his characters. The Guardians yeah. have also taken many different shapes in the comics. And I think, yeah, I think you're probably right. Maybe they did have another idea for how Four was going to interact with the Guardians and what their story was going to be. But a lot's changed between then, I think. You know, obviously Chris Pratt's got not as much love, and I also think the the now past and good thing that it's past him being sacked and being brought back on. I, you're not going to be like, oh yeah, thanks for sacking me and bringing me back on. This is great. You know what I mean? Yeah, true, true. And I and now he's got to deal with DC. You know, he's kind of he's playing in both camps. But I think yeah. you're right. I think he has said that this would be his last film. He did have ideas for a fourth, but. He, I don't. I think he wouldn't want to do it if he didn't have the cast around him. And, there you, you go. Know. I think that's. I think you've you've hit the nail there. I think. And look, he's if he makes three Guardians films for the MCU. I mean, the Guardians films are up there in my top ten. For yeah, they're great. The films, I love them, and I think James Gunn's probably the best at having directed mm-hmm. any of the films mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't, don't know if he made a fourth one. Obviously, we'd watch it. We'd hope for the best, but um. I'm more than um, he's earned more than more than earned the right to bow out after three yeah, totally, on a high angle. Yeah, yeah. Mic drop. There we go. Yeah, you okay. know? yeah I um, agree. My theory on passengers, by the way, 
Okay. Yeah. Um, so I was also really. I love this review. It's just kind of spiraled. Yeah. And this is a very quick one. This is a, this is a, a, a something I. I'm not complaining. Something I thought about and then also find someone else had the same idea online on, and that was very cool. If you take the second half of Passengers and put it at the mm-hmm. beginning, and then the first half. Yes. It's a much better film. I agree she with wakes you. Wakes up and there's just this guy. That's... On the ship, and she doesn't know who he is, and then it flashes back to him on the ship. But he's just a creepy. Dude Have we talked point. about this before, or it, maybe? Like, but it's, Simone it's, and it's I a, had the same idea. Someone has actually cut it on the internet like that. I feel like like a trailer kind of version is such a better film. Simone and I actually had the same idea. Ah, uh, well, obviously everyone watched that film. Go, that would be much better. But yeah. there you go. So, if anyone wants to watch. Um, <laughs> Passengers again, so, in that order. In review for Four Love and Thunder, if you want to watch Passengers, <laughs> <laughs> this is the way you should do it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. I love. I I know it's perhaps a bit self indulgent, but I do love how like our episodes kind of just spiral out of control. We are not. We wouldn't be as if we didn't digress into something completely irrelevant. That <laughs> nah, is true. It's true. Um, we do want to get Simone's take on this. So um, I also gonna... want to say Simone still is in this podcast she team. She's just like... a very busy person. Yeah. You know? <laughs> she it's works just... in film, so her production is quite demanding. Her, her schedule is all over the place. Yeah. She's constantly busy. So. But she still loves you, listeners. She, she does. She wishes she was here. I'm actually going to hand over to her now um, for her update and her review on what she thought about um for loving thunder so simone take it away i'm not gonna lie this feels a little weird to just be sort of shoehorned into the episode but um i actually have really missed being on the podcast neither i missed conversing with you ian and, and you chris well i mean i converse with ian all the time but i mean you know what i mean um so what did i think about thor i mean it's worth noting that i don't know the Thor comics very well, nor do I uh, know, or nor did I know, Gore, um, and I didn't know that Jane had cancer in the comics either. Um, I think overall, it's, it's a broadly fine, broadly good film. Um, I think the themes explored are probably more interesting than the film in itself, like as a whole. Um, I think the themes that are explored are probably more broadly great the film is probably more broadly fine um but you know what i actually really loved watching it i loved being in the cinema i i there was no no point while i was watching it was i like oh i don't like this i'm not enjoying this um as i had with multiverse of madness consistently all the way through i was having a good time i was laughing i had a good time what did i love um i'm gonna completely retract my words on natalie portman she was brilliant i really enjoyed her i thought she was brilliant as uh the mighty thor was that what she was called? Mighty Thor? Um, I loved her story. I loved, you know, the whole the whole thing about finding joy and finding adventure in the midst of a like, personal tra- tragedy. I, I thought it was brilliant. Um, I loved that uh, Brett Goldstein shows up at the end. Bop, bop, as Hercules. Loved that. Um, didn't know that Hercules was a character. But, you know, we learn something new every day. Um, the Shadow Monsters terrifying the giant spider literally could have been ripped from something from my childhood nightmares what didn't i like i feel like the tone was off in places um i know that that's taika that's taika waititi's style and you have like humor and tragedy alongside each other 
Um, but for me, again, like particularly because this, this is this is a, supposed to be a children's film, you can see that they're marketing it towards children, especially with the storyline. It feels really scary in parts. Now, I don't actually have a child, so I don't know, but I do take my cousin to the cinema a lot and I wouldn't take him to see this because it's it's just too scary and he's he's 10 and scares easily. So probably because he's 10. Um, so yeah, I'm just a little confused as to who, again, this film is for. Thor, Thor, no, Thor, not Thor. God, I'm tired. But it feels like a an ongoing trend and an issue that I've had with Marvel films. Who are, they, who are these films for? And I think they're trying to sort of hit that middle ground. And it's really difficult to hit that in terms of having a film that, you know, has the right darker themes, darker elements for the adults, and but also has the the parts that are enjoyable and the humour and, and the lightness for the kids. I don't think they've quite hit that middle ground. Um, and I think it's 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 very evident in Waititi's style um, in this film. So yeah, them's the breaks. <laughs> Thanks, Simone. Uh, right. Wild opinions there from I, Simone. I, know, I, crazy. I can't, I can't believe, believe that. yeah. I cannot believe that she said she hated Chris Pratt. I can't believe that. It's, you know, we said we weren't going to get political and she did. You know, she, she's entitled to her opinion. So Although she, he did give her COVID, so. Oh, my God. Right. <laughs> Before we end up in trouble, um, Ian, if you had to sum up this film in any way, how would you do it? Uh, it's a good time. And f- it's, it's weirdly just exactly what I would say about Spider-Man. It's a good time. But if you think about it too much, it completely derails it. And if you can switch your brain off and just go along for the the fun excitement of it, then, you know, you're going to have a good time. But I think when you leave and think about it more, you're going to be like, actually, this wasn't as good as I remember, which is my experience of it. Yeah, I, I'm inclined to agree. It is entertaining. It does. It is funny. You know, it is enjoyable, which is I guess the main things you want from a film in general are also an MCU film. That's true, you, yeah. Yeah, I want a film that tears me up inside. <laughs> um, but you, but when you look at it in the wider s- scheme of things, the MCU, mm. the finer details, the points, the lack of character development, that's when it really starts to fall down and doesn't really sing as much as it should have done. In my mm-hmm. opinion, this mm-hmm. was probably the one I've, I've probably said this about every film in Phase Four. To be honest, this is probably the one I was most excited about. I think I've said Four was the one I'm most excited about. Four is my no, no, it wasn't. It was me who said that about Four. We can go back. You and Simone were You're most right. looking forward to Spider Man. I, I think we said Multiverse of Madness. To be fair. Um, oh yeah no it was yeah no god we can't remember anything we say yeah but it was multiverse you two were really looking forward to multiverse madness i really thought and then you were shocked when i wasn't yeah i really thought the idea of sam raimi doing a multi-dimensional kind of horror film was going to be awesome yeah but the 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 leash was on in my opinion for that one anyway but Thor for me was oh I, I really had high hopes after Ragnarok and yeah. obviously Waititi and Chris Hemsworth being in, um, involved mm-hmm. and it just didn't disappoint me but just wasn't as good as I hoped it would be. Yeah, I think that's a good way. It's not a disappointment, but it's not as good as we wanted it to be. Yeah, I think that's yeah. a I think that's a 
good note to end on. Um, mm-hmm. So thank you, Ian, as always, for joining me always to a talk pleasure. about these things. Uh, I do always enjoy our chats. Mm, um, thanks, man. Uh, <laughs> um, thank you, of course, to UK Film Review for continued support for our, our show. Um, please, if you haven't um, checked out the other shows on UK Film Review, we have a couple of other ones that are really Yeah, good awesome ones coming out now, isn't um, there? There's a we, good catalogue. Yeah, we have um, Gay Actually, hosted by Amber and Joyce, uh, about LGBTQ plus representation in cinema, which is really great. Really good. We also have The Screen Test with Rachel, which is awesome, crazy fun. Rachel's yeah. great. And that's a really good um, horror movie podcast to, to get into if you mm-hmm. like your horror movies. So please check those out. Um, but most importantly, thank you to everyone listening. Um, we do really appreciate your support and you tuning in to us every week and we will see you next time thanks very much thank you very much bye